Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Whilst there's no doubt that the rising cost of energy and inflationary pressures are significant challenges for every sector of the economy right now, it's interesting to watch the various sectoral responses to these pressures. IFAC has recently published its Food and Agribusiness Report 2022, and whilst optimism levels among respondents are at a five-year low, the sector is demonstrating resilience in the face of these significant challenges. David Layden, Head of Food and Agribusiness with IFAC, joins us now to discuss the findings of their new report. David, before we discuss the report in detail, you are fresh from the National Ploughing Championships, which took place in Leash this week. So how was the event this year? Good morning, Carl. It was a great week. It was great to be back at the ploughing after a couple of years, and people were in good spirits. The, the sun shone for the first few days, but I guess the underlying challenges that were brought to the fore in our in our food and agribusiness report um, still ring true after this week's ploughing. Okay, so let's get straight into it. In terms of the key takeaways of the report, I want to touch upon numerous points that were made and maybe to get some context to them. So first and foremost, the key point in this year's report seems to be that optimism within the sector is at a five-year low at 54%. What's the reasoning behind this? It is indeed. And what we, what we found out was that 54% of business owners are optimistic about the future for their food or agribusiness. And as you say, that's a five-year low. We're running this report since 2018. So very concerning to see it so low. And I suppose the things that came forward has been the real reasons why people are concerned and business owners are concerned. Look at number one, their input costs have increased dramatically. So 84% reported an increase in cost this year. And those costs are totally out of sync with previous years. So the, the, the rise in costs is much higher than in previous times. Brexit is still there. Recruitment and retention are challenging. Salary expectations are increasing. Access to raw materials from the UK is more challenging than ever, so lead times are longer. If you want to bring packaging in from the UK for your food product, you're having to carry maybe twice the amount of stock, which is tying up cash. So there's a lot of factors that are impacting on food and agribusiness owners um, that is causing that optimism level to drop so sharply. 82% of the respondents stated that their companies have maintained or indeed increased their turnover over the past 12 months. They have. Now, I suppose the old saying is turnover is vanity. So what we're really looking at is margins. So while turnover has increased or stayed the same, look, it had to go up because price increases have set true to the consumer or for agribusinesses, they have sent true price increases to the farmer. But it's the margin that's important. So... 78% of um, respondents, their net margin is the same or has decreased. For for 34%, so nearly 3 in 10, for over 3 in 10, their margin is decreasing. And when we did the report in June and July, when we took the sample, right, um, the big energy increases that we're seeing now hadn't hadn't come true to, to businesses at that point. So we're really um, into a different era now and um, very, very challenging for food businesses to maintain that margin. And of course, it comes as no surprise that energy costs is a fundamental issue facing many businesses, especially large energy users today. You must have welcomed Leo Varadkar's comments last week where he mentioned that there will be a grant of up to €500,000 available to businesses who have been affected and their profitability affected by these increased energy costs and also a loan available to businesses in that respect. 
Yeah, more interested in the grant at this stage because we don't want to see businesses taking on too much debt in the short term. So definitely a cautious welcome to the Taunashtil's announcement. It's badly needed for food businesses where there's a lot of refrigeration and cooling. They're high energy users. We have a client in the southeast whose energy bill has gone from 8000 a month this time last year to 32000 a month. Um, in the last few days, they've got a bill for 32000 So that's a really, really significant challenge. Um, we've the same for agribusinesses who, who are heavy users of steel um, and use energy consistently in their business. So this, this support will be badly needed. And in fairness to the government, they did do very well for businesses during COVID and they kept businesses going that um, in a COVID time without the support may not have survived. So we are in an energy crisis. Um, we need, we do maintain that employment in those businesses once this energy crisis ends in the next couple of years. Of course, 63% of respondents cited that rising cost of raw materials as the biggest threat to their growth. So what are they doing to challenge and overcome this problem? Well, for some of them, it's very challenging. They're looking at alternative suppliers. They're really then refocusing on their entire business. They're saying, what SKUs or what, what product lines are profitable? What isn't totally profitable? What can we what can we stop um, where where we would actually save costs? So they're reevaluating the whole business at the moment, knowing that we're in for a very difficult winter and a, a, a fairly tough twenty twenty three. And on that basis, sixty five percent of those that responded stated that they're planning price increases. Are they concerned about the repercussions of that with customers? They are. They've no choice but implement price increases because. For them to maintain any set level of profit and maintain their business, um, they cannot uh, absorb any more input cost increases without, unfortunately, sending price increases through to um, the end consumer. But it is challenging. If you're a food business with a nice product that might be seen as slightly premium, um, as the consumer tightens his or her belt, your product might just become a little bit too expensive um, for that consumer. So it is a very worrying time um, for food businesses. But again, they feel they've no choice but increase prices at this stage. Now, two and three of the respondents also stated that they're finding it difficult to recruit the right people. Now, many innovative employers have decided to go beyond the Irish shores in that respect and to advertise roles across Europe, whilst others are looking to see if there's ways of getting permits to bring staff in from outside of the EU. What are some of the businesses in the agri-food and food sector doing to overcome that recruitment challenge? Yeah, they're doing, as, as you say there, one of the one of the challenges we've seen now is Work from home has become very popular over the past um, since, since COVID um, came true. So work from home isn't as available in the food and agribusiness space as in other sectors. So that's a challenge to recruitment. We do have an interesting case study in the report of a company in Mead who are using YouTube videos on a weekly basis to drive their pipeline of recruitment. So um, they're a food business and a tillage business. They put up a video on YouTube every week. They get over 10,000 views every week. Um, They have a great setup, great machinery, really good culture and work environment, and they have a queue of people looking to work for them. So there are ways around it, but it takes a lot of innovation, and it means that your culture, your business, the equipment that you have for your staff, the respect you have for your staff, needs to be top-notch to have a good pipeline of um, good talent. 
David, I was interested to read that rising freight costs are creating the biggest export challenge for businesses in the food sector. Absolutely. You know, freight costs are 4x more expensive than they used to be. That really means that for every product that um, an Irish exporter ships, they're really adding to the cost of every unit. Now, you add that to the land bridge being, you know, much less effective than it used to be um, pre-Brexit. You add that to the doubt and the sort of uncertainty around the protocol. And there are a lot of challenges to Irish um, food and agribusinesses to export. And I suppose long term, the Irish market is a small market. We do need to export as much as possible and we definitely in IFAC like to help our food and agribusiness clients to export because that that has real growth potential. Only three out of ten businesses in the food and agri-food sector that you've surveyed are actually trading online. So from a digital transformation yeah. perspective, there's a lot of work to be done there. There is a lot of work to be done. And whatever about trading online, for some businesses, you know, e-commerce isn't a critical channel to market. But what, it w- what we would worry about is that SMEs aren't all building their digital muscle. We all know we're welded to the phone. Everybody's welded to their phone, be it a business-to-business buyer or a business-to-consumer product. So you need, every SME needs to be building that digital muscle to be able to use social media effectively, to be able to use all the back office digital tools that are available now on SaaS platforms. So um, three out of 10 is very low. Um, and it is a worry, as you correctly point out. And of course, there is lots of emerging trends in the food sector. So it's disappointing that only 46% of businesses surveyed are actually investing in formal research and development. It's often said that the research of today is the product of tomorrow. It is. And it is. It, the R and, formal R&D is what we're looking at there. So like half of companies aren't investing in formal R&D. And formal R&D is what really gives you a competitive advantage when you go to export. So, you know, there is a 25% um, tax credit available for formal R&D. There is, is, um, you know, a lot of support from Enterprise Ireland um, for R&D, but we definitely need to see SMEs investing in more R&D David, we're going to finish off on a positive note here today. In your report, it states that one in four businesses in the sector that have responded to the survey have tried to access bank finance in the past 12 months and 90% were successful. Is a lot of that due to the SBCI, the Strategic Banking Corporation of Ireland, providing guarantees to the banks in respect to these loans? You've nailed it on the head there. and um, The SBCI has been very, very, very worthwhile and it definitely has helped um, client companies and SMEs across the sector access finance. It's taken a lot, an awful lot of the risk away from the bank. So it's nearly expected that that figure will be at 90% at this stage. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was David Layden from IFAC. And I'd like to thank David for sharing the findings of their recently published Food and Agribusiness Report with us this morning. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. South-